Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, it's been a historic day here today, not only here in Utah, uh, but across this nation, and I'd go even further to say uh, across the world. As goes America, so goes the world. And I don't mean to you know, be arrogant in saying that or overly nationalistic or anything like that, but uh, it, is, it is the truth. That we as uh, Americans, specifically as a, an American nation, a republic, we are leaders throughout the world. And today we did something that uh, has evaded many countries around the world. We have peacefully uh, transferred power from one administration to the next, from one president to the next. Set your politics aside. That is miraculous. Right now, as the events continue to play out in Washington, D.C., where it is 336 Eastern, uh, 136 here, Mountain, the uh, the now president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, alongside the uh, newly minted first lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, they are driving in the beast, if they still call it that. I know that's what they've called it in the past. The beast, uh, that armored Cadillac limousine, is driving from Arlington Cemetery uh, to the White House, where uh, he will be for the first time as president. One thing I'd point out, really just a personal thing, uh, to get from Arlington uh, National Cemetery to the White House, you have to cross over the Arlington Bridge. And as I was watching the uh, aerial footage of the motorcade making its way across the the bridge, that bridge in particular, the Arlington Bridge, which uh, it connects Virginia uh, with Washington, D.C., I, uh, I couldn't help but get choked up a little bit. It's the first time I have seen that bridge since uh, just a few days after my own uh, little daughter, Piper, was born. She was born in uh, George Washington University Hospital, and we, living in Virginia at the time, had to drive over that bridge to get her home. And so, anyway, a little bit of a personal <laughs> note that I shared with you there. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, right now, to continue this conversation, the one that uh, really is exemplified in the theme of the goings-on in Washington, D.C., unity, coming together, uh, looking instead of backward but rather forward at how, you know, despite differences, despite great policy differences and fundamental ideological differences uh, and disagreements, how do, we, how do we go forward? How do we get on this uh, civility train, the one I'm riding right now? Uh, to, to continue this conversation, I uh, welcome to the program the chair of the Utah Democratic Party, Jeff Merchant. Jeff, sir, welcome to the program, and how are you? I'm great. How are you, Lee? Not too bad. You're probably in a good mood today. Uh, t- tell me your feelings. Yeah, you know, I I am certainly in a good in in a good mood. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's 
kind of funny. I mean, obviously there are a lot of things to celebrate, but uh, I also feel a, a deep sense of relief and that everything went off well and um, and that we have a new president. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what's the message to let's start with Democrats and then let's open it up for for all those who may be listening. What do you say to what do you say to your fellow Democrats who are listening today? How, how would you advise them to comport themselves on this victorious day? One that, though, is marked with this call for uh, civility and togetherness and we're all Americans and forget party for a time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, the actual words that the president spoke today about unity, about bringing people together, and about being uh, really uh, uh, one nation under God, right? I mean, uh, e pluribus unum is is not just uh, something that we throw around. It's a, it's a real idea and a real concept and one that, um, you know, we've had since our, our constitution. And I think that, look, uh, <laughs> there's always one party that's going to be happier on inauguration day than another party, right? And uh, certainly this time Democrats um, have won. But I think that over over the last couple of weeks, um, some of what we've seen has, has brought both Republicans and Democrats to the conclusion that this is probably not a bad thing. You know, for everyone, I think that... Um, I know that there are people that are that are concerned and that are worried, but uh, I think that we saw some real symbolism. I, I thought that it was very interesting that the first female vice president of the United States uh, came out wearing purple. Uh, you know, she wasn't wearing she wasn't wearing blue. She was wearing purple, and I think that there was a deeper message there than um, than may than than some may have thought. Will will the you know the wearing of purple and the symbolism contained within will the calls for unity will the calls for you know setting aside uh, you know those differences and understanding that we are all on the same team despite uh, you know disagreements when it comes to you know policy and the debate that naturally stems from that is this a honeymoon period uh, type of deal or is this something you think that can last? Well, I certainly hope that it can last. But, you know, that's going to mean that uh, both Republicans and Democrats together work to make that happen. You know, I mean, regardless of what anybody may say, uh, this still is a country divided. And um, uh, you can see that no clearer than in the United States Senate, where we have 50 Republicans and we have 50 Democrats and uh, a very small House uh, majority by the Democrats. And, and I think that what the American people are saying is, let's try and work together. You know, let's try and find solutions together. And so, you know, look, as the chair of the Democratic Party here in Utah, am I excited that Democrats are going to be, uh, you know, leading in Congress and leading in the White House? Yes. But I also feel like um, this is, th- there is no better time situated for the man that was sworn in today. Joe Biden has shown time and time again that he's a pragmatist, that he is not um, a a far left progressive, but someone who's willing to get work done if it's in the best interest of the in the best interest of the country. And my hope is, is that uh, Republicans, uh, those people that frankly are right of Republicans and people uh, that are very progressive in the Democratic Party will will give Joe Biden a chance to show what he's made of. Sure. We're speaking with Utah Democratic Party Chair Jeff Merchant on the occasion, of course, 
of Inauguration Day here in America, the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned kind of the breakdown of, uh, you know, who controls which chamber and body and branch of government. Uh, The Democrats, albeit a narrow majority, they uh, enjoy control of the House of Representatives. Uh, I believe that uh, Vice President Harris will be swearing in uh, three Democratic senators today, bringing the the true breakdown of Senate uh, uh, makeup to 50-50, with herself, Vice President Harris, having the tie-breaking vote. Uh, and then, of course, Joe Biden, Democrat in the White House. Those are the uh, the three uh, the three big ones, and it's Democrats in control, uh, you know, accepting the power of the minority to exercise the filibuster. What's the incentive? What's the incentive on the part of Democrats to continue these calls for unity when they control, uh, you know, two chambers in the in Congress and the White House? Well, I think that uh, for one, uh, particularly in the United States Senate, um, you know, just because Democrats will be controlling the agenda does not mean that they'll be able to pass uh, legislation without really you know, having to work with Republicans, as we've seen for the last several years with the Republicans uh, leading the Senate, um, unless people are willing to compromise and work together in that body, things just don't happen. Right. And uh, we're we're at a point as as a country, whether we're talking about covid, whether we're talking about uh, the economy, whether we're talking about uh, many, many issues internationally that we have got to start focusing on and starting to Um, you know, exercise leadership on. I mean, as you just said, as goes America, so goes the world. And uh, we have work that has to be done, and we can't sit around um, not working together anymore. And and as I was saying, I think that part of what this election was about was saying we need to work together. We've got to find ways to work together. And I would be willing to bet that a good 80 percent of Americans would be happy with that, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And um, we cannot continue to focus on what I call the tyranny of the loud, which are these small minority forces that um, talk really, really loudly and uh, distract us from the real issues that we need to be focused on. Very good. Well, let that be the last word. Jeff Merchant, chair of the Utah Democratic Party. Sir, thank you for your time and uh, congratulations on your victory. Yeah, thanks a lot. Have a great day, Lee. You do the same. Uh, Quick break. When we return, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically. Uh, Just before the program started, I was handed... An email drafted by the interim executive director of the Utah Department of Health seems to indicate that the Department of Health going forward will look dramatically different. What does that mean? And is it wise to shake things up in the midst of a pandemic? We'll speak with a representative from the Department of Health as to what exactly is the future of this important agency right now. That's next on Life Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.